She spent 88 days trapped under a bed while her kidnapper entertained visitors in the other room. She'd already watched him kill her parents. There was no telling what he might do to her. But when she got the chance, this teenage prisoner sprung into action. Jeannie Nutter and her husband Forrest rarely visit their cabin during the winter. It gets cold in Gordon, Wisconsin, especially in January. The sleepy little town is about 36 miles south of Lake Superior. It's one of Wisconsin's most remote areas and home to just over 600 people. And within that remote area, you have a little community called Alclair Acres. It contains 46 homes that are mostly unoccupied during the winter. Dense woods separate each house, so if you value your privacy, Alclair Acres is the the place for you. But on January 10th, 2019, Jeannie and Forrest decided to take their dog up to the cabin. Jeannie was walking the dog around 4 p.m. when she saw someone stumble out of the trees. It was a green-eyed, strawberry-blonde teenage girl. She wore a dirty t-shirt and pajamas. She had shoes that were several sizes too big and on the wrong feet. But what concerned Jeannie the most was that this girl didn't have a jacket. Is she a runaway, Jeannie asked herself? Did somebody just leave her here? But when the girl girl got closer, Jeannie recognized her face. It was Jamie Kloss, a 13-year-old girl who'd been missing for 88 days. She looked Jeannie in the eyes and said, I don't know where I am. He killed my parents. Please help. I want to go home. Between mid-October 2018 and mid-January 2019, you couldn't go a day in Wisconsin without seeing this girl's face on news or social media. Her tragic story captivated everyone who heard it, but Jeannie wasn't sure how much the girl knew. Let's Let's rewind the clock a bit. How did this teenager end up freezing and alone in the middle of upstate Wisconsin? Jamie grew up in Barron, Wisconsin, a small city about 70 miles south of where Jeannie found her. She loved her friends, she loved going to school, and she really loved dancing. By all accounts, Jamie was a happy kid that had no idea someone was hunting her. Jake Patterson was a 21-year-old screw-up. After graduating from high school, he went into the Marines, but only lasted five weeks before they kicked him out for failing to meet standards. After that, Jake bounced from job to job, including a one-day stint at the Genio Turkey Factory. He was on his way to a temp gig at a cheese factory when he got stuck behind a school bus. Jake watched as a teeny strawberry blonde girl strolled down her driveway from a ranch-style house shrouded in trees. He stared at her as she climbed onto the school bus. He didn't know her name, he didn't know her story, but he knew she was the girl he was going to take. Jake began scheming. He'd seen enough crime shows and movies to know what police look for. Fingerprints, DNA, hair follicles. He accounted for everything. First, Jake grabbed his father's 12-gauge Mossberg shotgun. He figured it was a common weapon that would be difficult to trace. This region of Wisconsin is popular for hunting. Few people would think twice about distant gunshots. He shaved his face and head and bought a black ski mask from Walmart. He wore gloves and wiped down each shell as he loaded the weapon. He replaced the plates on his Ford Taurus with ones he'd stolen from a parked car. He even ripped out the emergency pull cord in the trunk so his prisoner wouldn't have a prayer of escaping. Jake tried twice to invade the Kloss family home and kidnap Jamie. The first time, he got scared after seeing several cars in the driveway. A few nights later, he canceled his plans after seeing lights on and people inside the house. But as they say, third time's the charm. In the early morning hours of October 15th, 2018, Jake pulled into the Kloss's driveway. Jamie was asleep in her room, but woke up when their dog Molly began barking. She saw the car and quickly woke her parents up. Jamie's father, James, went downstairs with a flashlight.
flashlight. He drew the blinds on a window to the left side of the front door. When he shined the light, he saw Jake standing there with a gun. Meanwhile, Jamie and her mother Denise took cover in the bathroom. Denise used a cabinet drawer to barricade the door. Then she climbed into the bathtub with Jamie and shut the curtain. Back outside, Jake ordered James to get on the ground, but he refused. That's when Jake opened the storm door and began pounding on the wooden frame. James moved to a teeny glass pane window on the other side. Thinking Jake was a cop, James asked to see his badge. Obviously, there was none. When James looked through the window, he saw a shotgun barrel staring back at him. The blast echoed through the home and neighborhood. Jamie and her mother trembled in the bathtub, knowing James was likely dead. Back outside, Jake cocked the shotgun and blasted the doorknob. He ripped the flashlight from James's hand and began searching the house. He checked every room until he found a locked door that wouldn't budge. He lunged his six-foot, 215-pound frame at the door to break it down. After 10 good tries, it snapped in two. A 911 call came in around 12.53 a.m. Nobody spoke, but the dispatcher could hear a scuffle and screams in the background. (laughs) Then the line cut. When dispatch called back, the call went straight to Denise Kloss's voicemail. Meanwhile, Jake was ordering Denise to duct tape Jamie. When she struggled, Jake put the gun down and did it himself. Once secured, Jake pressed the shotgun against Denise's head, looked away, and pulled the trigger. He then threw Jamie's 5-foot, 100-pound body over his shoulder and carried her out. He nearly slipped and fell in her mother's blood. He loaded her into the trunk of his Taurus and sped away. Jake's kidnapping plan almost went up in smoke seconds later. While driving, he saw police lights coming up the road. He pulled over and the cops blew clean past him. It was the closest they'd ever get to Jamie Kloss. Sheriff's deputies discovered the bodies of Denise and James Kloss around 1 a.m. Jamie was gone. The next time Jamie breathed fresh air, she was 70 miles away from home at a secluded cabin in Gordon, Wisconsin. She looked up at a raised ranch with a sign that read, Patterson's Retreat. This would be her prison for the next 88 days. Jake forced her inside and ordered her to get undressed. He placed her clothes in a bag and made a comment about not leaving any evidence. He gave Jamie a pair of his sister's pajamas, then burnt her clothes in the fireplace. Jake never installed extra locks or chained Jamie up. Instead, he played mind games with her. He used fear to keep her from escaping, saying, bad things would happen if she tried. He was brazen enough to have company over while Jamie sat hostage in the other room. Jake would force her under his twin mattress tucked into the corner. Then he'd block the other sides with bins, tote bags, and heavy barbells. If Jamie tried to move them, it'd make a lot of noise. For extra buffering, Jake turned the music up in his room. If she screamed, something bad would happen. If she shuffled, something bad would happen. If she breathed too loudly, something bad would happen. Jake had the poor girl wrapped around his finger. At times, Jamie spent 12 hours trapped under Jake's bed without food, water, or a bathroom. Jake kept a loaded shotgun by the door in case the police ever came, but two weeks into Jamie's captivity, he put it away. He thought he'd gotten away with it. Meanwhile, police and volunteers spent the next three months looking for Jamie. The FBI offered a $25,000 reward for information. Her parents' employer offered to double it. Her photo was everywhere. It was impossible not to know what Jamie Kloss looked like. The community held several events in her honor. Complete strangers showed up at her parents' funeral. As Christmas came and went, the bear Barron County Justice Center put up a tree of hope to keep people's spirits up. But given the violent crime scene and three months with no leads, people began worrying. 
It didn't help that several false leads and tips delayed their search attempts. The day after Jamie's disappearance, police in Miami, Florida, thought they saw her walking with two men. Wisconsin police looked into it and said it wasn't credible. Investigators focused on the area near her home and school. Over 2,000 volunteers combed the woods near the crime scene. They believed Jamie was still alive but didn't know whether the attack was targeted or random. Then there was a mysterious break-in at the Kloss home on October 30th, the day of Denise and James's funeral. 32-year-old Kyle Janky Annis was caught breaking and entering. When police searched him, they found Jamie's underwear stuffed in his coat pocket. He claims he took the items because he was curious about what size Jamie was. He didn't think anyone would miss them. Police likely thought they had their guy, but Kyle had a rock-solid alibi for the night she went missing. Jake was teeming with overconfidence after three months. On the morning of January 10th, he left the house to apply for a nighttime warehouse job at a liquor distributor. That morning, he told Jamie he was leaving for a few hours. He barricaded her under the bed, threatened bad things and left. Jamie knew this was her only window. She pushed as hard as her weakened frame could. Thankfully, the barbells moved just enough for her to slip out. She put Jake's shoes on the wrong feet and ventured outside in her dirty pajamas. It was cold and snowy and unfamiliar, but staying in that house was not an option. That's when she saw Jeannie Nutter walking her dog. Kristen Kazanskis heard someone pounding on her door. It was Jeannie standing on the other side with a skinny, disheveled little girl in oversized shoes. The first words out of Jeannie's mouth were, This is Jamie Kloss. Call 911 right now. But Kristen was rightfully scared. Everyone knew what the kidnapper did to Jamie's parents. What if he was right around the corner? Kristen's husband grabbed a gun and guarded the front door while his wife called 911. Douglas County 911. Hi. I have um, a young lady at my house right now, and she just says her name is Jamie Kloss. So how did she come up upon your cabin? I was walking my dog, and we were almost home, and she was walking towards me, crying, saying, you got to help me, you got to help me. Dispatch could tell both women were scared. She promised the police were on their way. Back at Patterson's retreat, Jake returned to find his prisoner had escaped. He searched high and low for Jamie, but she was long gone. He tracked her footprints through the snow. They clearly led straight to Kristen's house. He hopped in his Taurus and drove to hunt them down. At that moment, a deputy ushering Jamie away from Kristen's house spotted Jake approaching from the opposite direction. Jamie couldn't identify the car, but they were able to read the plates. Two officers caught up with Jake later on and arrested him. Jake identified himself and claimed he knew what this was about. All he said was, I did it. Jamie's harrowing ordeal was over, but the scars will never go away. We can't imagine what three months in captivity will do to a teenage girl. She watched her mother get killed in front of her. She heard the gunshot that ended her father's life. Thankfully, her aunt and guardian, Jennifer Smith, was there to take her in. Regarding what happened to Jamie during captivity, we only have Jake's official statement to go off. The following is according to interviews he's given to police and reporters. Jake admitted to killing Jamie's parents. He told police about seeing Jamie get off the school bus and in his own words think, that's the girl I'm going to take. It's unclear whether Jake sexually assaulted 
assaulted Jamie during her captivity. He claims he felt guilty about killing her parents and couldn't bring himself to touch her. He did fantasize about it, though. They also slept in the same twin-sized bed. Jake says most of their time was spent watching TV, cooking, and playing board games. After his arrest, he'd tell reporters he wanted to talk to Jamie, but knew he couldn't. I just love her, he said. You'd think someone like Jake Patterson would have a criminal history, but he was clean. Perhaps that's because he was so young. Remember, he was only 21 at the time. There was no connection to the Kloss family either. He didn't know them and they weren't friends on social media. There was no indication he even looked Jamie up before kidnapping her. It was just some twisted version of love at first sight. On March 27, 2019, Jake pleaded guilty to all charges. He claims he did so to save Jamie and her family the trauma of going to court. He got two life sentences for murder and 40 years for kidnapping. The judge called him the embodiment of evil. All Jake had to say was, bye Jamie. The new Patterson's retreat is a cramped jail cell in New Mexico. After his transfer, Jake got into a fight with one of his fellow inmates. After his transfer, Jake got into a fight with one of his fellow inmates. According to prison officials, two inmates told Jake he wasn't allowed to sit near them because of his case. Jake confronted one of them and caught a serious beating. The guards broke it up with a beanbag gun and separated the two men. It's unclear if they were punished for fighting. As of 2023, we believe Jamie is living safely with her aunt. The last anybody heard from Auntie Jennifer, Jamie was doing well and taking her life back one day at a time. She's dancing again and trying to enjoy school. In a written statement, Jennifer wanted to remind everyone never to take life for granted. You never know what tomorrow will bring. Always remember to take the time to tell your loved ones you love them. Good advice from a family who knows a thing or two about the way life can turn on a dime. And that's your recap. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you like getting all the crime in half the time, go ahead and tap that subscribe button so you never miss a story. But don't go away. Catch up on more recaps right here, right now. Until next time. Take care.